Welcome to Talking in Stations. It's Matterall here with Rundle. How are you doing, Rundle? Doing very good. Hello, fellow capsuleers. I'm still trying to find my intro. Yeah, your inner astrophy. Yeah, I'm trying to find my intro. I'll try something different next time. Okay. That, that doesn't feel right either. <laughs> kind of sounded like Space Ghost, if you remember. Yeah, that. exactly. I was trying a little. Uh, I liked it. Okay, uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about the war. And uh, then, of course, we'll talk about the thing that's on everybody's mind, what these uh, industrial changes are going to be like. And then we'll try to get out soon so we can uh, rest up for tomorrow. We have uh, uh, a Friday show, which is usually a little more lively. Um, by the way, we're coming up on Talking In Station's fifth anniversary uh, as a show, so or as a podcast and show. So we'll do something special. It's in about two weeks, mid-April. It happens to it happens to be right when World War B or the Casino War started. So we were getting this whole thing together right about now, and we started seeing movements. Uh, move fleets that were kind of secret. People weren't really broadcasting them and nobody was talking about them, but we were seeing them jump across the map. So NC Dot was coming up from Delve, going towards the tribute area. Uh, Test was going up the uh, east side of the map and uh, Pandemic Legion was already there. Uh, there was already some dread fights that had been uh, going on with CO2 and uh, some low sec parties. So all that was happening about five years ago, and Talking in Stations was basically born at that time. And we're saying, nobody's told us anything, but we think something's going down here because you have these guys moving here and these guys moving there, and we're looking at the map. And that was the whole idea is, let's do a podcast, but look at the map and show people where things are. And so they get some context on what's going on. So that's right before all the uh, combat started. And so we were able to really, within our first few episodes, talk about a massive war or an invasion. It wasn't really a, a much of a war. So trial by fire ago. in your own way, then, right? In a way. Oh yeah, because we had like technical problems, and uh, you know, we had all the content. We just couldn't express it as well as we wanted to. Our mics weren't that great. Our lighting was terrible. I was doing it from work, so you could see the office behind me, and it was just really like low expectations, which we try to keep it that way. But I think uh, your um, your vision's been the same, more or less, though, right? That I mean, it's you've refined it, of course, but even just the way you just described it now is still pretty much what you're doing. Five years, very successful. Um, you know, that's longer than most in in well, most games. Uh, certainly here in Eve, I think there's a few long running, but uh, yeah, good job. Thanks, thanks. Uh, it is the same mission. It's always been to uh, essentially. Essentially, uh, our vision is to like bring the complexity of EVE Online, the anthropology of EVE Online, to players that don't understand it yet completely, because it's a great big wide world, and um, some people are just getting started, and other people haven't really been paying attention and don't want to pay attention, but we try to flush out the complicated stuff that's all behind the scenes and interwoven with one another. We try to push that all to the table where anyone can eat. So uh, we try to make it understandable. So if you see uh, me breaking something down with an analogy or personifications of you know things into animals, that's my attempt to make it relatable. Yeah. All right. 
Let's see. Uh, first thing that's up is now we'll go to the news. Uh, looks like <clears throat> going to be a busy weekend in the Delve Aquarius area. We have six keep stars slated for destruction. We haven't seen that kind of a wave of destruction since uh, the Imperium wiped out tribute when they took down, I believe, uh, multiple keep stars per day. I think five in one day. Uh, but the record for a month, if I'm not mistaken, was seven. And as we said just the other day, uh, record in March here, March actually broke the old record, which was seven keep stars in a month, uh, with about 13 keep stars destroyed in March. Now we're starting April. It's the first. And this is not an April Fool's joke. Uh, that's six keep stars slated for final timers. And that's happening this weekend. So two days. Yep. Yep. And let's see. Busy weekend. Let's see. Uh, of these uh, keep stars, some key ones in here. GOP TAC GE. Actually, let's see if we can get, get that one activated. Yeah. That's not where GOP is. GOP should be in Aquarius. So I don't know why it put me there. We'll try that again. Is that one of the ones on the edge, though? Uh, that why it's taking it, there? It is not on the edge. Yeah, no, it's in fake query or fake delve and in Aquarius. We'll just go there manually. Uh, that's not the keep star. That one was destroyed last, uh, maybe two weeks ago. And that was an important one because that one would jump to W6, which is, I think, slated for destruction. And then up to GOP, which is also slated for destruction. Let me double check that. Uh, yes, here it is. W6V. That's an important system. Let's see if that takes you there. No, it really just takes you to Delve. So that that's broken. But, yeah. but I can manually drive us there. So this one here is going to be this weekend as well. Bring you back here. And that's... Uh, let's see. Oh, there was a lot of fighting to... To knock, there was a big operation a few nights ago. There was uh, some reasonable fights, uh, lots of bombers brought by uh, the Imperium, um, and uh, fun little fun little brawls. Uh, they did try to put mount a bit of a defense um, uh, for their uh, for their armor timer. That was yesterday. Uh, yesterday or two nights ago, I think maybe a couple nights ago. Yeah, I was on that fleet. Oh, good. That was not too bad. That was kind of fun. So they, uh, I suppose they were unsuccessful then because it's still, this looks like it's still up for grabs. Uh, That's correct, yeah. So the IHUBs weren't, they would have been fighting, no, they would have been fighting over the Keepstar, I guess. Yeah, yeah, over the Keepstar. And, uh, yeah, you know, they, 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 they had it, uh, they had it paused for a bit. Uh, well, sorry, unpaused. Or paused, which way is it paused, I guess, right? Um, where, yes, they were, they were, Applying damage. Keep it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Keep, well, we were applying the damage, but they Sorry. reduced our damage to the point where it, the damage it paused, slipped. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So it was unpaused. The ti- the, right. That's right. Yeah, it was under the timer. Yeah, that that mechanic, right? And um, so they were, they were, you know, it wasn't like they didn't show up or anything. They did come for a bit of a fight. They did their, they did their best, and we just kind of just as a, you know, just kind of kept working at it. Um, yeah, lots of go- lots going on in that space. So, and they're also, I think, at the same time, they had a fleet somewhere else in another part of space doing some other work. Uh, I think a Fortizar or something. So, uh, they were doing something somewhere else as well. So, counter punching as we're punching, and um, 
that's the part I think that I'm finding really interesting to see how you know how the the war is going to rotate or revolve you know, kind of a round delve and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm starting to see some, we've talked about this a few times already on the show. Others have as well. Um, you know, what's, what's the next phase and what really happens next? Um, it's, I think it's just going to be really good for the game overall. Um, and I, you know, applaud both sides um, for, for working and doing the working hard and doing the things they're doing. Um, you know, I, I don't want to, necessarily be one-sided about it i I can see the positives and uh and negatives on both sides right you're on the pappy side right yeah i I am on the pappy side for full disclosure for those just listening for the first time yeah all right well were you fighting in w6 uh, v or were you in gop no i was i made the wv uh, w6v that's an important system this is actually a highly um I wouldn't call it highly, yeah, I guess I would call it highly prized constellation right here in the middle, because if I zoom out, you can see it's in the middle of Aquarius, but also yeah. it's an industrial area because um, uh, when when people live in Aquarius, this is one of those areas that you want to control because it's kind of a gateway, as you can see, to multiple different constellations. Uh, so controlling that sector there is like kind of like controlling the heart or one of the hearts that might be two. Yeah, that uh, nine CG uh, six TACH there. That mm-hmm. was a, kind of like a main. It's like a hub system. Where you control that. You get the road up back into Delve through uh, AQT through forty nine TAC over into Catch, and then back up all the way into the far runs into the fake Delve and to low sec into the Cadnid areas. Right. So if you. It's kind of like one of those central systems. You control that. You kind of get to fan out in all uh, all directions. Yes, it's the heart that uh, yeah. everything needs to go through. As you can see, it con- combines right. this whole area here with this. And then that was the manufacturing hub hanging off of that heart, basically, right? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, W six was a manufacturing hub. Nine uh, GC was a strategic uh, hub, I believe, but they were all together. P TAC Z was also strategic. Uh, because it blocked uh, this area here from this corridor. So this whole yes. area, important. Yep, yep. Uh, I wouldn't say W6 was prized. I think you're right that 9CG was the actual prize, but uh, W6 was definitely a little dead-end system. You could do some mining. Um, there used to be stations there. They're they're no longer there, but that was one of the reasons that they were, um, I think there was like two or three stations in that constellation, so they were very important. Remember, there was a time where a station that a player had built could not be destroyed at all. You could only take it over. So you could conquer yep. the station and then use it. And the people who had it before, they couldn't use it anymore, but their stuff wasn't destroyed. There was no asset safety. They just couldn't access their stuff. And um, so uh, those stations became strategic points of gathering all across the maps of New Eden. And that was... That was... Um, Maybe three years ago, that totally got changed. So now everything's destroyable, destructible. And uh, and that's why you're seeing this completely clean map without stations. You can see a couple stations here uh, in Delve because those are NPC stations. So those won't be destroyed anymore. Uh, but you see Aquarius, there are no stations anymore. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, looking at the map and thinking back uh, kind of to the, oh, I don't know, about six months ago. The N- the NDII gate camps and uh, 
there's that has a very long warp if I remember the system correctly, oh, and uh, you could put uh, um, some pretty good uh, gate camps in there um, because anyone coming from those two other forks would come into KL and then would jump into NDII and have this long warp. Um, I think that's the if that was the right one, yeah. It's, a, it's L3 TAC and K TAC L that have the long warps. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe I'm thinking the K TAC L on the NDIO gate. That's what I'm thinking. So you get into KL um, and you can gate bubble from both directions. They're fairly long warps. You can have eyes. You can have interceptors. If you're, you have your interceptor faster, then you can still get, you know, back down to the gate. Um, and then often you, you could have a gate camp on the NDII side as well. So anyone jump through, that's where I'm thinking. So I, cause I would do both sides of the, the gate. Um, mm. That's a fun system too. If anyone's looking at gates systems like that, those are um, kind of ideal places to put gate camps just as a little side note for me in my mind. Uh, cause you have these nice long warps, people enter warp, they think they're safe and, you know, five, six, 10 seconds, maybe a slower shift, 20 seconds. Your interceptors are there. People yeah. are talking on comms. You got 20, 30 seconds to figure out what you're going to do, whether you're going to take the fight or bail or fight on the other side. Uh, there's all sorts of um, tactical advantages having 20, 30 seconds to talk about it. Um, and there, if you look through regions, you can see there's a number of those in uh, all the reef, right? Mm. Yeah, that's a L3 is a 46 uh, astronautical units AU. Uh, radius system that's huge but there are yeah. bigger ones here like uh, this one here yqx um and this one over here in red the redder the uh the larger the system is yeah i can't it is uh yeah there's some there's some very uh large jumps uh in various regions i i can't remember the name that's 110 120 135 wow. Wow. long and it's even in an interceptor, it takes a good little chunk of time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you can check that out uh, if you hit the radius dropdown on .lan. It'll show you how big the system is. The scale of the system is how wide you have to travel, which means it takes you a while to warp. So the redder, the longer it'll take you to get from one side to the other. Okay, so, uh, so keep stars again this weekend. Going to be busy for Pappy, going to be busy for Imperium as they try to resist. All right, that was an unusual and somewhat unfortunate uh, destruction here for a Pandemic Legion guy who was uh, going to build, I think he was going to build a Revenant because he had that in the trunk. Here's a Revenant blueprint. So that, yeah. is, that is not actually registered as any kind of a price, but that would be quite an expensive blueprint about, I, they used to be $100 billion, uh, to build. I don't know what the blueprint actually costs, but um, a lot. And it got destroyed because I think he, automat he um, hit autopilot accidentally or something like that. And uh, it was an accident, uh, but I forget exactly how it was characterized. And that copy uh, dropped, right? So, yes, it did. Yeah, so like loot pinata for sure, right? Someone got that. Right now, the revenant is a faction, super capital ships. Imagine there's two things that are going to change in a few days that are going to become a lot more expensive. One is super capitals. Two is faction, faction battleships, faction cruisers. So combine those two, and that 
that revenant is going to cost a lot to build so you want to get that done right away and unfortunately uh, that one will get done by somebody else i think this guy also may have accidentally or maybe on purpose um uh what do you call it reprocessed a hell hel that's a super capital ship i heard that just that's late breaking news so i don't know he's having a bad day uh this guy our friend here so who was it that got him uh dark side yeah they're good lots of tackle needed on a uh on a yacht because uh, you know a lot and he even had a workhorse tab so uh, oh, wow someone's asking in the audience you know i thought they they were unable to be you know trapped in a yacht no not true every if you get enough tackle and you get enough points on anything you can they're not going anywhere it's a scoring game um do you want to explain how um uh disruption the, works uh sure so engine, engine uh, disruption basically yeah so uh, make sure I get this right. Mm -hmm. um, so there are like warp disruption bub bubbles and stuff that are allowable in places like NullSec. They don't work in LowSec. These are these bubbles you hear about. What that does is it adds um, like a a point to the the um, to the nullification side of the equation, and you can have points on the ship or points on the warp core stabs, which adds positive points to the um, I'll avoid the nullification. And ultimately, it's an equation which side to which side works best. Um, if you have three points of avoidance and they can only put up one point of nullification, then that's a plus two to you and you get to go away to keep it simple. Um, and uh, so if in a case like this, I can't remember what the yacht is, but let's say it's you know two points naturally and he's added a third, that means um, they have to get, uh, I think it's at least three uh, or it's four. It's one of those three or four. That's mm -hmm. where I can't quite remember. Ty, Ty goes but, to the defender. Yeah, Ty goes to the defender. That's right. So zero. So they had at least four or greater on here. Um, this is in low sec, so there would have been no bubble. Um, and then there's some there's scrambles, uh, warp scramblers and warp disruptors, which have some slightly different effects in terms of what happens to things like micro warp drives. And uh, and then basically got to go look through the ship and the the mods to decide what your your plus is some ships will have natural, um, ten, you know, natural element to it, yeah. um, uh, an attribute. That's what I'm looking for. That's um, that'll. That's pretty good. Uh, I, I understood it. Let me see if I can break it down to like our more simple. If somebody says to you, "Put on a long point," actually, I'll ask you, Rundle. What are they saying when they say "put on a long point"? A uh, long point is um, either a ship or through certain modifications, you're using a warp disruptor that's. Um, 36, 40, 45 kilometers or further, depending on the ship. Some will have bonuses. will give a very long distance. Generally, most uh, scramblers, it, it just rule of thumb, tw uh, 10 kilometers for a warp scram, 20 to 25 for a warp disruptor. But then the long point, you have ships and um, additional modifications that can get you way out, uh, yeah. 45, 50, 60, I think. Right, so the you said it exactly right. It's a long-range pointer. And a pointer is a grappler, basically. So you're disabling somebody's engine so they can't escape, and you've caught them. And now they can be wailed upon by your friends. And so that's what tackling is all about. It's getting enough points to actually trap somebody. <clears throat> These ships, this one here that just got destroyed, this shuttle has, uh, as you said, a natural immunity. So it might have two points of defense. That means you have to put two points on that thing, actually three, in order to overcome the tie goes to the defender 
and then you and then you shut down its engines because it's naturally a, a, a resistant to having its engines shut down. That's one of the special parts of that ship. So these guys uh, probably had three or four, or you use something that has um, because one module will have one point, so you can have three guys with long points, and they can all grab the same guy if successful and lock him down. Yeah. Uh, but normally you would have. Uh, short range, so you don't have the long point, but you have a scram, so that's a lot shorter. So you have to be closer to the target. But if you're, but if you apply, uh, you actually get two points. So in that case, you might only have two people that are close enough to the target, and you get a total of four points, which overcomes the natural defenses of this ship would have been, which would have been two. Right, and then you have you also those are like the disruptors and scramblers are uh, kind of like a player-to-player -player interaction. Um, but there is also uh, you know there's the interdictors, which are the, the class of T2 ships, destroyer ships. Those have um, warp nullification bubble creation uh, modules, and then there's heavy interdictors as well, which um, can take scripts and can increase the effectiveness of the bubble and um, there's a bunch of mechanics around that as well. So, yeah. so one more thing about this, and that was uh, this thing had, and you mentioned it, and this is why we're talking about it. It had a warp core stabilizer. And that module, uh, it totally nerfs your range. So you can't really shoot anything. Um, but what it does is it adds a point to your defense. So this guy that might have had natural two points, now he has three. And so that's even harder to overcome. Now the uh, the attacker has to get a total of four different points on you in order to shut down your engines. And in this case, that thing, this ship here, should have escaped relatively easy because it's hard to put four points on a single target. I think what happened, though, is he hit the auto um, autopilot accidentally or something. So he wasn't even aware that he was slow boating towards the gate and he might have gotten annihilated before he did that i don't know if they actually tackled him or just destroyed him outright no alphaed him alphaed him or something it right. would be pretty tough alpha with all those resists that's that my ship. that's my guess and let's see i can and as the audience talking about there could have been some scrams involved which are more the points the scrams have uh you know more points of of nullification uh they could have had two or three like you know there was there's only six pilots, so um, you know when you look at the you look at the mix of the ships there. Yeah, he was autopiloting, uh, I think, and he went the wrong route because he didn't have a certain system set to avoid. Therefore, it took him through more dangerous route, and I think that's why he got nabbed. So yeah, whoops. Yeah, I don't think he was piloting actively, although he must have been, but I don't know. So a little bit of a mystery there. All right, so there was also a bunch of, uh, let's see, uh, a Nyx, Nyx carriers got sniped. I don't know what that means, but uh, Dreadbomb uh, took on Test and Fate Bolas and won, I believe. Siege Green um, was fighting in Black Rise, and we talked about the epic loss of a rare ship there. I don't think it's actually a rare ship, but it's um, the prize ship. And... Uh, Imperium Scorched Legacy Policy Continues. All right, whoever's writing these headlines, you got to give me more than that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we're going to have a talk. Like that, that's definitely a headline, but I don't, know, I don't know anything about any of that. I can just bring up battle reports, and, and then you guys can look at it like I look at it. So, okay, this fight, uh, just about a 50-50. That's uh, Delve. 
same thing about 50 50 you're right then you guys are squaring off uh, with uh, imperium and it's uh closely contested fights it looks like uh snuff gets wiped out by siege green and dread bomb wipes out uh test looks like uh oof. Oh, te oh it's tempest fleet yeah that's i thought those were nightmares but it's tempest I don't know if they'd be risking a nightmare fleet right now. Nightmares are going to go up in price. So lots of combat in the, those areas. Yep. It should okay. be a busy weekend, I would think, as well. All right. So uh, one of the topics I wanted to bring up today, so that's it for that. Let's go back to... Whoop. Okay. Um, I was going through the game today trying to figure out... I was looking at some of the stuff that uh, we've been talking about. And I, there was some stuff that just hasn't been cleared yet, clear yet about the industrial changes that are coming. There are some new skills that you will want to acquire, and I don't think we focused on that enough. Uh, part of the part of the expansion of the industrial uh, gameplay is that in order to create these reactions that are new, these are new reactions. They're like new recipes based on old materials. Basically, uh, you have to have certain skills that you didn't have to have before. And so uh, I brought up here the list of the new recipes that are here, as you can see. And I went ahead and consolidated the um, skills that you're going to need and to what level and that sort of thing. So <clears throat> I'll write these out and put them in the show notes. But uh, some of them come from science uh, category, like the, the engineering's, like electromagnetic physics. <clears throat> electronic engineering, high energy physics, hydromagnetic physics, uh, those kinds of skills like mechanical engineering, molecular. This is called molecule engineering. It's actually molecular engineering. Uh, it's just a typo. Um, but then you have nanite engineering. Um, this one here, uh, neurotoxin control, actually comes out of biology because it's part of your your booster resistances and that sort of thing so it's not in your science area uh, and then you have nuclear physics it doesn't tell you what level you need nuclear physics but uh, i assume five because most of these you're going to need the uh, science skill to be at level five and then you'll make sure to do anything you'll be able to do any of the reactions you you know if um if there are some reactions that you don't want to do for instance you don't need to go all the way to five but Five is what you need to do some reactions. So we just gave you the, you know, the maximum because people will probably train all the way up. Uh, quantum physics. And then there's reactions. And reactions actually comes out of, I believe that comes out of uh, resources or resourcing uh, uh, category. Resource, yeah. Resource processing. Resource processing. That's it. Yeah, just, you know, yeah. where, where you do your uh, refining skills, that's where you'll find reaction skills. And so you need that to get that to five. It's a very basic skill, so it won't cost you much. And there are additional skills, two other ones, that um, give you five, one per point, um, jobs to be able to run, five reaction jobs. So if you want to run 10 jobs at the same time, you're going to need to get both those skills up to five. Five and five make 10, and you'll be able to do 10 reactions. But those are optional. Those are not prerequisites. That's just how much you can do at once. You definitely need reactions to five. 
So I looked at that and that's like 250. It depends on your implants and your, um, where your character is as far as attributes. Uh, but more or less it's about two thirds of a year. So it's a considerable climb that you didn't have before. If you want to do the reaction parts of the building of these, uh, subcomponents that go into the new ships or the new faction ships, the battleships and everything above. So, yeah, so check that out. It's, uh, I think it's about seven or eight science skills and, and then a couple from other categories. Yeah, neurotoxin control is from neural enhancement. Um, and I suspect a lot of people in high cycle have not uh, bothered with that because its primary use is um, for combat boosters. Um, it helps reduce the side effects of combat boosters. And so the likelihood that a, a high sec person has trained that. Um, so keep an eye out for that one. That's one that um, caught my eye for sure. It's probably about eight days total-ish to five. Um, most, uh, I, I would say a lot of high sec people, if, if they've done their training, uh, if they're existing industrialist people, um, they should have lots of these to four, possibly a number of these at five. Um, most recipes uh, and just kind of um, people have gone at least to four. Um, and the, I think some of the recipes are needed for five. And plus, if you're also doing um, research and uh, talking to research agents, I, the higher your skill is, the the more research points you get. So maybe the people may have already got a few of these ticked off, but this certainly seems to expand the list um, of what most people would have done for four and five. Okay, I uh, wasn't looking at chat earlier because uh, I forgot about it. <laughs> Rude. But I will go and look, and it's actually just Ash Jirathi. You should just jump in here, Ash. Um, but I will look at it and answer some questions if you have any. Are those Omega skills? That is a good question. I don't know if they are. I assume they are. So Omegas are basically made to do like minimal, sorry, Alphas really are just... Uh, tasting the gameplay it's uh so when they came out with alphas the idea was that you could legitimately play eve online in an alpha if you wanted to but the advanced like the super advanced gameplay would require in order for you to proceed um in a proficient May I jump manner, in on this yeah let me finish this and then you can jump in ash okay. in a proficient manner then you would probably need Omega skills. But the idea was you should be able to play EVE Online completely uh, with an Alpha. What do you have to say about that, Ash? Yeah, so basically this has to do with how free-to-play affects the game as a whole. Alphas, the problem with an Alpha, the biggest concern about an Alpha is if your account is free, then you can have as many of them as you want. So I call this the power of infinity, right? This is the problem, this is the alpha problem. So if alphas were producers, if alphas could efficiently produce, then all constraints on production are meaningless because you could just scale it through just having multiple alphas. So alphas having, free-to-play accounts having means of production is game-breaking to design. However, consumption is, is naturally balanced by the fact that if you consume more then they need to produce more the market will have affected and all that stuff if you have more people out there doing things then that's actually good for stuff so from a free to play point of view it's like yes you can play in this game forever for free but you are a consumer not a producer you're a worker not a ruler and that's 
and that's just the way that the alpha and the omega dynamic works. So things like industry skills, PI skills, even things like market skills, uh, alphas are hamstringed hamstrung not just because CCP wants their money, but because if you allowed alphas to be just as efficient as omegas, then there would be no point in having any constraints on omegas whatsoever. Yeah, alts are considered tools, or characters actually, for some players, are considered tools. They're like hands. So you have your body, your spirit, your, decis your decisive, your decision-making center, and then you have hands. And if you have one character, you have one hand. And if you need to do something that requires three or four different hands, you either have friends that help you do something, like lift furniture, or you develop five other hands, and then you can lift the couch yourself. So that's um, right. That's really how people play EVE Online on an advanced level. They have multiple characters for multiple purposes, and they intermix with one another so that they have a full, uh, the they have a full what range of things they can do that one character can't do alone unless he has friends. Right. So so what alphas can do, what alphas do get when it comes to industry, is they get one or two industry lines, which is fine. That's basically all they really need because all of the things that make things more efficient go into the blueprint and the facilities and all that stuff like that. Skills only ever make anything go faster, not cost a different amount, and therefore it doesn't change a bottom line. That's baked into things like the research of the blueprint and the facilities that you use. So an alpha that has the blueprint and the materials can rub them together and make a thing just as um, effectively as an Omega can, but they can't do it at scale. So it's just a matter of the um, Alpha will have to work with other people. They'll have to use the market to, surface, uh, to source the things that they cannot produce themselves. Rundle, do you have anything on this? Uh, no, you covered most of that stuff. Yeah. That's, yeah, I think, um, no, I'll just leave it there. In interest of time. I also do want to jump back in the and and talk about the yacht thing because uh, the answer is very obvious. There's a dictor in the fleet, mm -hmm. so that dictor was infinite pointed and probably seaboed, and then all of his tricks don't matter anymore. Yeah. Why is the dictor? I thought the dictor just had a second point, like it. Uh, at a bonus. No. So 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 uh, a, a hictor. Sorry, my bad. It's a Hector. It's yeah, a Hector. I said the wrong one. Yeah, I, yeah. I said the th wrong one in chat too. Gosh darn it. Um, it was a it was the Amar uh, heavy interdictor. Um, Devoter, I think, right? Right, which is a cruiser-sized ship. So it's bigger than the uh, frigate-sized ship. They, they do the same thing, but one's bigger than the other and has more power. Right. So the destroyer has a launcher that launches probes, and that probes like sends out the, the bubble and stays there. The dictor is the bubble. And so like a dictor can move around and its bubble, sorry, a hictor can move around and its bubble will stick with it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, see, when you're um, on, it changes I, when you have to talk no, it, to people about it, doesn't it? It's, it's the, it's the it, no, pauses and pocos, man. I'm so bad at this. At any rate, so a hictor, the bubble stays with it. With the cruiser one, the, the, right. the, the bubble is part okay. of it. It's a module. And so what that means is, is that that module can actually be scripted while the, the destroyer fits charges inside, so you can do things like a big bubble, or you can do like the wobble, the web bubble. The Hector can script their 
super point to go or their super bubble to go from being a full bubble to being what's called an affinity point, which is a single point that has effectively infinite point. And this is why Hictors are so dangerous to supercapitals and why it's basically considered that Hictors are essential to killing a, a supercapital in uh, low sec in particular because you can't bubble there. So if you don't have a Hictor pointing a supercap, that supercap's probably leaving. Yeah. So, um, so it wasn't just a stronger bonus. It's an infinity bonus. So it just over, it's the trump card that wins. It's an infinite bonus and... Uh, the, it has particularly long range for a normal scram, and if it's an abyssal one, or you know, it just it, it right. depends how crazy they want to make it. They could get it out to thirty to forty kilometers, so he could be sitting on the gate and can, as soon as he decloaks, if he's not immediately on top of recloaking before he warps, that Hector is seaboed and grabs him, and then you have yourself a yacht. Yeah, and that can be used anywhere, uh, not just Nelsec. Like, uh, and SIBO means right. uh, sensor boosted, which means there's other ships that are adding um, adding uh, boosts to that ship so that its lock time decreases, which means you can get your lock time down to uh, almost instant, right? And so, um, yeah, your good good explanation of the the Dictor versus Hector. I always like to think of it as the uh, the very similar Dictor launches a charge into space and you can see it and the Dictor can keep moving, but the bubble stays still where at that launch point, the Hector, the heavy interdictor takes the bubble with it, or like you said, scripts, it becomes a single point to point. Like I said, with the, the modules are, um, you know, one to one player interaction, the Hector can do that or be an area of effect weapon. Whereas the, the, the Hector can, whereas the Dictor is an area of effect, but at the area that is defined by where the module is activated and launched at that point. And the Dictor continues to move. And this is often a um, where you'll drop a bubble and cloak and move away, cloak very slowly, or you can continue to uh, orbit a, uh, you know, a gate or something and, and drop the Dictor bubbles around creating, and they only have a certain uh, lifespan. They will, peter out after a couple of minutes, um, stuff like that. So the, uh, just to, just to make sure we're being, and we do this in reverse order, we get simpler and simpler as we go, which is probably not the right order. Right? We should probably, go <laughs> probably not. Way. So it's an intradictor. That's what they call it. The dictor. And then you have the heavy intradictor and they, sh they shorten those names to just make it easy to say. Okay. Um, yeah, easy to say. That's that's exactly what it is. Obviously, it's uh -huh. easy to say because of how easy it's been to say. <laughs> Naturally. So I'm actually going to drop off and go live. Oh, okay, good. Uh, good, because we're almost done. Up. Yeah, we're, yep. we are wrapping up. So I'll right, see thanks. you in a minute. All right. All what right. are you going to be doing? Uh, I'm actually going to just pit around for a little bit. Um, uh, there's uh, another newer streamer that is also pretty cool that I would like to raid in about an hour. But I'm going to, in the meantime... What I'll do is uh, hunt for pods in HiSec, or uh, actually, no, I have a I have a plot, I have a scheme, but I'm going to be hunting for uh, the capsules for the event mm -hmm. and showing people like how to use dscan and stuff. Oh, I thought you said plot, like you had a plot of land and you were going to go farming or something. Good one. No, uh, I've got I've got a scheme as to how I'm going to find the pods. Uh, I see. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll visit you in a bit. We'll raid you in just a few minutes. Okay, so awesome. see you then. See you later. So if you've been thinking we were we were talking about this yesterday, I think we'll talk about this every week. 
if you're there, what is your reaction to the changes that are coming in a few weeks? We assume in a few weeks, definitely going to be April. We assume mid-April. Uh, you're going to see everything uh, start to get more expensive as far as ships go, uh, the majority of ships. Um, so what are people doing to be prepared for that? How can they take advantage of that? And I want to give you some context on what what's really going on here is essentially a seismic shift shift of uh, that we've only seen a few times. There was one time where they actually changed Plex, um, sorry, Orem to Plex. That's a seismic, a gigantic shift that is going to affect everything, uh, especially money-making opportunities. Uh, there was a giant text change, uh, tax change that happened. That was a gigantic shift as well. Uh, there was tier side that happened about eight years ago, and that was a gigantic shift. So there have been moments in EVE Online where something so fundamental changes uh, that you really need to take advantage of it because you are lucky to be here right now. The people who are going to suffer the most from this change are the players that aren't here yet. They're the ones coming in a month and beyond. Those guys don't get this chance to turn basically uh, five gold coins into 15 gold coins like you do. There was one other shift, and that was when they divided out the skills. They re There used to be just um, a destroyer skill and I think just a battlecruiser skill, just one for all races. And CCP said, no, we're going to make each one uh, race space. So they were going to go, you were going to have one skill and it was going to be uh, made into four skills, one for each race. And so if you had skill level five for destroyers, then you would get level five for four different races of destroyers. And so you multiplied your one skill into four skills without having to train all that. That was another seismic shift. So that's the kind yep. of opportunity that's coming. Uh, and there's one other when they when they chopped Plex um, from one uh, one into basically 500. That was another one. Thank you. Um, yeah. And there was a bunch of pricing and stuff that went along with that, with uh, multi-character training um, and stuff like that. And uh, you can there were people um, I was lucky enough to do some of this where you were able to buy some Plex at a certain price and the multiple character training at a very low price as part of a bundle. And then when it went and flipped over, um, your money was like instantly tripled, not because of the split itself, but because they readjusted the price of some of these things relative to the, the Plex needed to buy it. And then, and then from that point forward, then the market took over. And uh, I was lucky to listen to some people at that point. I was like, well, thank you very much. I wish I'd actually put more into it, but oh, well, and, it is what it is. And that's exactly what we want to do for our audience is to, to sh tell them how they can uh, take advantage of this. I know it sounds like we're selling you something. Don't take our advice. If you don't want to sit still, you'll be fine. Things are going to change. You're not really going to be yeah. hurt by this. If you send Rundle All Nighter 100 million esque, mm -hmm. I will send you my special investor's guide to Eve. It's only good uh, one day sale, only April 1st sale. I have it written up. I've made yeah. people billions and billions of esque in this. Act game. now, act now, act, act now. now. Okay, so, but if you want to take advice from us, uh, the thing to do right now is to get into items that are changing because those are the ones that are going to expand, basically. So you're going to have. 
um, let's call it a faction battleship, for instance, that's going to be right now, I think it's 120 to 140 to build, uh, 140 million to build. Uh, most of the actual cost of a faction battleship is in the rarity of the blueprint, right? You have to, it's loot. So mm -hmm. uh, people will, since it, since it's easy enough to build a battleship, it only takes minerals. The blueprint is like anywhere from 200 to 400 million uh, isk. And then to build it, you just need another 120. And then you've got a faction battleship for about 520 uh, isk. So I was looking at a website, which I'll show you now. And this is where uh, you can double check a lot of stuff uh, that we're telling you. Let me see if I can find that. Here it is. Okay, so this site is called Eve Cookbook. And uh, what you can do is say, let's go with uh, a faction battleship. Um, I'll tell you what, they'll make this participatory. If the audience wants to give me a recommendation on a faction battleship that they like, I will look that one up first. I'll just let, give that a second to happen. And if not, I'll go ahead and pick one myself. Okay, Macario. They said Mac, so we'll call it Macario Blueprint. This is a Angel's Battleship. It's very fast and brutal. It has a, uh, a lot of firepower and it's very fast. So we're going to go ahead and let's see. And, and by the way, well, you're clicking all the buttons there. When when he says faction battleship, he's not necessarily meaning. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't believe you mean like the Raven Navy issue. You're talking the no, combined. No, those two. Those two. Yep. No, okay. All right. Those two then. Yeah, we'll check that one too. Uh, we're talking pirate faction here. There are different pirate factions, factions, right? That's they're, what I thought. I thought that yeah. was were the only ones that. Were, but okay. So yeah, then the other ones too. Cool. There are pirate factions. There are military factions. And there are like uh, Sisters of Eve factions and Or Outer Ring uh, excavations. So they're different. Yeah. yeah, those are all factions. So anything that is not one of the four empires, standard issue, is considered faction uh, on the smaller ships. So the Macario Blueprint went ahead and calculated, and here's the result: total estimate build cost 1.2 billion. So you look at all the ingredients that are going to be necessary. There are some reactions in here, some uh, mycoceracin here. Uh, that's new, I think. All this stuff uh, has to be put together. Uh, and then you uh, uh, figure out that it was worth right here, like 1.1, 1, 1,170,000,000. So this material right now, does not cost a billion. So you can just buy it for 700 million and you'll probably make a profit. Or you buy the blueprint and you build it for 120 million. The blueprint probably is like 400, 500 million. So you're still getting it at about 600 million and it's going to basically double. So that's what I've been doing all day. And now I'm inviting you to compete with me, <laughs> picking up faction blueprints and just building them because they will go up. There is no doubt. There is doubt about normal battleships and everything below. All that might get cheaper. So that's not a real secure uh, investment right now. Um, and T2 materials, that may come, but that's not, announced this, that's not announced for this month that we've seen. So that may come later. So you can take your chances and wait for that. 
but right now, the real smart money is getting in on Faction, and Faction Battleship is probably the best place to uh, invest right now. And let's see uh, what else we got. Uh, my One of my favorite ones is really cheap right now. I bought these for $630 million. I just bought them off the market a little while ago. These are the Rattlesnakes. And the Rattlesnake went up in price to like $780 million like the next day. So it's not at that price anymore, unfortunately. But uh, this is going to end up costing... One point, uh, basically 1.1 billion isk. So again, if you're buying it at 780, there's a lot of room for it to go up in value. Now, the reality is if you buy it now and if you buy a hundred of them, which is way too many, let's say one, if you buy one <laughs> uh, and you hold on to it, you may not be able to sell it right away because there has to be time for the price to increase. People are going to be dumping stockpiles um, a little at a time. So that price might not go up to a billion right away. Eventually, it will get there because the cost of materials is uh, that's the cost of materials will equal that. Now, here's the interesting thing that's the build cost. This is where it gets crazy. So the build cost is one billion. What's the blueprint cost? Remember, the blueprint is rare. Therefore, it has a higher price. It used to be faction battleships. The blueprint was the cost. And you had a little bit of money for the build cost. But now the build cost is a billion. It's like nearly 10 times what it was. So what's going to happen with the blueprint cost? Is it in addition to? Is this going to cost $1.8 for a faction battleship? I don't know. Honestly, don't know what the market will do. Probably the blueprint cost is going to have to come down because the build cost is so so big. So I imagine if you're looting a faction battleship, uh, you may not get uh, 500 million for it anymore. You may actually only get 120 million for it because people just don't want to pay 1.7 for a faction battleship. So this could really flip um, looting upside down. I don't know. It depends on what the market will bear. So another thing that scared me because I... Here's the thing. With T2 materials, the moon goo materials, right? Which went through a huge change not long ago. Um, I thought, <clears throat> I'm going to invest in things that take T2 materials. And there's only two things that are really like uh, mops that sop up all that T2 materials. And uh, for, of course, all these modules, right? But modules don't really need a lot of materials unless you're making a lot of modules. But there are some things that really sop up a bunch of it. And that is the jump freighter because it's a T2 capital. It's the only T2 capital there is. And the Marauder, which is a T2 battleship. It's not quite a capital, but it's close. So those two ship types, they absorb a ton of T2 materials because they're much bigger. And so that's where I like to invest usually when I'm trying to like, uh, you know, uh, make a good purchase or something. So I went ahead and bought a bunch of uh, jump freighters as soon as I heard that the market was changing and all this stuff was expanding. And then after I uh, bought that stuff, uh, then we had the reaction stream and we started learning about the details. And it turns out that uh, really the jump freighters and the freighters are kind of not... It, they're not really involved in this change. So I thought like they weren't touched because they really kind of want to work with the price point. 
And uh, that price point has a lot to do, especially with jump freighters and freighters. It has to do with dynamics of ganking because ganking ships just went down in price, right? Catalysts and battle cruisers are all going down in price, which means not that it was a big cost uh, problem for them, but it, you know, Talos has cost something if you're using 10 or 12 of them and those are definitely going to get destroyed. That means you're not going to shoot an empty freighter because you're, you're just going to be losing money. Um, so the fact that those ships are going down in price, if the freighters go up in price, it becomes a really nice value proposition for gankers. So I think one of the sticking points about freighters and jump freighters is to try to keep their costs reasonable because they work as logistics ships and you kind of want that circulation in the game for people to move uh, nutrients around the body kind of thing, to move supplies to different regions of the game. Uh, but you also don't want to make beautiful big uh, apples for these uh, gankers to shoot, I think. So I don't know. I, I think that might happen. So I got worried thinking, oh no, jump freighters aren't going to go up in price and I just... Uh, made the wrong purchase by betting on jump freighters again but let's see I think I bought so if your uh, if your predictions are all wrong and uh, none of this stuff I don't think they're wrong but just in case here's what I want to ask you will you shave your head in six months time if you're completely wrong uh, no <laughs> not at all no. no I have I have big ears I need to cover it with uh, that's why I have big headphones and I have big uh, big hair uh, if I shave, I'll just uh, look totally different. No, uh, this these are not this is not advice for you to do things except get into something. Go look for it. Use this website, uh, Eve Cookbook, to to figure out you know what's going to go up in value and where is it now in cost. And there's one other thing about this before we look at this Anchar, this jump freighter cost. There's one other thing about this. These prices are today's prices, so we may see a ton of supply get pushed into the market by CCP, basically turning on the faucets and letting all the supply come into the marketplace. And then these prices across the board will go down. Uh, but um, but we don't know if that's going to happen. And if it does happen, we don't know when that'll happen. So uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Remember, the gas is going to have a bottleneck. So there's going to be definitely in the next three months, I think, a ton of pain as far as price goes. Uh, because if they haven't already turned on those faucets, the water won't be there for when you jump into it. In other words, they should have done that a month ago so that the market gets flooded and there's plenty of material to work with. Otherwise, you can have a shock to the system, which is what's going to happen. We're going to have a shock to the system when they, when they turn this on. So uh, I was looking at it, and Anshar sold for like eight and a half to nine billion. It's going to, according to this, go up to fifteen billion. So I didn't get screwed after all. But who knows? Uh, and those are basically just using today's prices to estimate the future price with the new recipe. Just to be clear, what we're looking at, right? Yep. Yeah, and today's so. Prices. Right, these are today's prices. And so future prices on some of these commodities will likely go up as well. And so future build prices and therefore the price of the resulting chip, uh, whatever it is you're building, will also likely rise as well. Right. Now, 
I feel terrible talking about like multiple jump freighters. Remember, I've been playing the game for 12 years uh, and I was paid like, you know, 20 billion a month just to be the editor for INN. So like uh, I'm working with a different set of numbers, but if you cut off zeros from me, that may reflect your situation better. You'll be doing the same jump. It's just a different value proposition. Uh, so if you only have 50 million or was it 40, I only have 40 million, just buy some stuff. That 40 million will turn into 80 in a couple weeks. Uh, if you have 200 million, I'm seeing other people, um, you know, buy, you don't have to buy a, a faction battleship for 500 million, just buy faction frigates. The, uh, let's actually look at a faction frigate. I was doing this earlier today. Um, Give me a faction frigate or well just like a um oh crap uh is there a is oh, there Dromeo a federation is... navy uh rifter? We'll, we'll do the federation in a minute uh or those, the are, those are a little different yeah, the drammel, that's a good one i'm just thinking of one that might you know there's oh somebody's always going to buy a drammel which is which is the macarial's little brother right it's the frigate version of the line it's the yeah it's the frigate version of macarial basically Mm-hmm. That one is going up to 54 million. And that's its build costs. Remember, that's its build. That doesn't include the blueprint. And I think right now it's selling for 30 or 40. Firetail. Let's look at Firetail. Remember, the blueprint may not be its, its price that it is now. It may have to come down because the market won't buy it that, that expensive anymore, which is a very interesting thing. Let me uh, get that right. There's Now we're getting into the uh, navies, right? So the empires have specialized navy ships, and those are like, uh, you know, factions for... They're like the elite ships for the uh, empires. Those are going up in value too. So the Firetail is going to come out at like 33 million. And right now I believe it's selling for eight. <laughs> this has eight to ten. Uh, so... That's a huge jump, right? Remember, this is build cost. That's not BPO or BPC cost too. So in addition to whatever this build cost is at today's prices, it's going to go even higher than that um, by a lot, you know, by a percentage of um, what the total cost is. Because remember, most of the most of the faction cost is in the blueprint, which is not here. So it's it's amazing how much the production cost is going up for faction stuff. It's amazing. All right. So uh, I just wanted to give you guys that heads up because we gave that advice yesterday and uh, I went through and started to look at the uh, some of the details of this and just wanted to really uh, give you guys as much information as possible that will benefit you right now. Again, however much money you have, you are in better shape than anybody that comes after these changes. You have the capability to buy an egg and get a chicken. When those people come, they're only going to be able to buy chickens. So, uh, and eggs are a lot cheaper than chickens. Did you really just do an Easter metaphor? Oh yeah, I totally did. Uh, <laughs> didn't think of it. All right, uh, we took too long. I think Ashtarathi's probably waiting for you, so let's get you over there. Here's the website. You can check it out. Eve Cookbook. It's easy enough. So, uh, yeah, a few of us have linked that for you already while you were talking. All right, good. <laughs> Yeah, check it out. Look up a bunch of stuff. Look at the estimated price. Remember, that price can and will go down probably, and the blueprint cost is not included, so that 
can go down or it might stay the same, which means that the price is even bigger than we've said. So good luck out there. Don't miss this opportunity and uh, don't be sad about these changes. It's going to make uh, the game feel a lot more valuable to you. All right. Thanks, Randall, for hanging out with me. We're going to no problem. send you guys over. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, but for today, that is all for Talking In Stations.